Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Marriage podcast. I'm your girl, Tova Jones, also known as the wife of the therapist. This is your boy, Sam Jones, known as the husband of a serial eclectic entrepreneur. You better let him know. And together we are the Jones Unit. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Hopefully you are doing well. You are minding your business and drinking your water. <laughs> Listen, because over here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, it's been a long week. A very, very, very long and heavy week. Yeah, heavy in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if you all are aware for all of our listeners across across the country, across the world. Um, and, and maybe at this point, because it is national news, you have heard um, what's happening in our neck of the woods. Um, now tragedy has found Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, where now another African, uh, African man, black man has been um, murdered. Um, and in this particular space, um, again, now law enforcement has been involved. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think in this episode, um, what we are going to attempt to do um, is just be honest, mm-hmm. be kind of straightforward, vulnerable, um, not intend to offend anybody, but just be a married couple, a black married couple at that processing what maybe some of you are feeling um, those who aren't necessarily black or African American or African in origin. Maybe you can or can't register or resonate with this episode, but it may be something that you want to listen to because you want to be able to understand slash maybe even sympathize with the plight of an experience of people like us um, and what we go through, um, at least mentally, if not experientially, daily. Yeah. Um, We went back and forth about whether we were going to actually do a podcast today because, as you all know, Sam is a therapist. So times like this, the city calls on its mental health um, experts and specialists. And so this week has been totally heavy for especially Sam. And so um, I kind of had to (laughs) pull him here to do this um, because of the heaviness of it all. And so I guess we're just going to try to process how we feel. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to really be honest. The day that it happened, I didn't know anything about it. So April 4th is when it happened. And one thing about Grand Rapids, we aren't known for violence, right? That's not what we're known for. We're like the cookie cutter, West Michigan friendly, a good place to raise your family, grass is green and manicured type of city. Um, At least contextually right now. Right. Right. Um, If if it, it, just to add a layer to this, um, there is a book called a city within a city um, that gives an actual frame from a 
African-American perspective of how the city actually looks and feels mm-hmm. and or have felt over history. Right. Um, so there's another layer to that as well. And and for and we gonna keep it real for the black people that live here. I mean, what, two years ago in Forbes, mm-hmm. we ranked last for the best place for African-Americans to live. So basically we were one of the worst places for black people to live and reside. Um, I think that was economically. I think that was just overall. It's very hard to thrive here in certain areas. As, in certain areas. Yeah, yeah. As, as an African-American um, person. Um, and so on April 4th, I didn't hear anything about it. Probably about April, April 7th, I was on Facebook and saw that Patrick had been murdered um, or had been killed by a police officer. And I'm like, what? Like, normally when something like this hit the fan, it's all over national news. Um, It wasn't until probably, what, late last week, early this week, that I saw it on, like, The Shade Room, Jazz and Brand, CNN. It became viral. And I think once it became viral... You know, all eyes was on this 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 situation. And um, yesterday they released the video um, that showed his murder. Mm-hmm. And Sam and I watched it together. And, you know, I'm not from West Michigan. I'm from the east side of the state. So some of this I'm accustomed to, but you never really get used to police or your black men getting gunned down like animals in the street. And honestly, I can say I'm not here to say who was right, who was wrong. But I will say that Patrick didn't and shouldn't have died. Yeah, that that's point blank and the period. I don't care how much he ran. I don't care how much he air quotes resisted the type of running and the type of stop or whatever you want to say. It wasn't even a crime. He had a wrong play on his car that could not even been his car. We don't know. We never got to that point. Right. Right. So it's just, it was hard to just see someone get executed (laughs) essentially the way he did on national TV. And I think um, for us in our marriage, it's different how we have to process this, right? Mm -hmm. Because as Sam being a therapist, we have to think about all sides because we never know who he's going to end up counseling or who he's going to end up talking to. It could be someone who's pro the police. It could be someone who's pro Patrick. It could be, Someone who's just triggered because of past experiences. And so when I instantly saw that video, my heart strings pulled for my husband, number one, who is a black man, who is a therapist. But then my heart strings pulled for my son. Yeah. And I think we have this conversation like. Now we have to start to think about how we're going to talk to our son and daughter about how to proceed when you get pulled over by a cop. We live in a nice area. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of black people over here. 
easy for our children to be profiled for any any reason. And I told Sam, our main goal for our children is that they come home safe. It's not about your pride. It ain't about looking cool. It ain't about you being an advocate or standing up for your rights at that time. Your main goal is to get back home to your family. And I think that's sad because we teach our children to stand up for what is right. Don't settle. Don't, you know, back down from a challenge. Don't do this. Don't do that. But when it comes to police, you better say, yes, sir. You better keep your hands where they can see them. You better follow protocol because mom and dad want you back home safe. And here's the, here's, here's the thing for me as a, as a, as a father, um, and I can go American father, I can go black father, anything. As a father, you never want to teach your children to operate in fear. Yeah. But it's a reality to many people that look like me. And this is me as a pastor. This is me as a therapist. This is me as a man. But this is me individually, specifically speaking, as a African-American person that I don't want to have to share things to my son and or daughter in fear of their life. But the reality is if I don't teach them something about reverence, about fear of a power structure that's meant to support and protect and all the other things, then somebody else is going to teach them something. And in that frame of being taught, I can't capitalize or put to a space of being a detriment their life. I can't, I can't, I can't risk my son or my daughter's life in the space of not teaching them a way that unfortunately is kind of driven out of fear. Yeah. And that's hard and it's challenging. And this is the plight, no matter what position and, and story I have to tell, this is the plight that I hold. And it's unfortunate. Now, here's the thing. Growing up, I don't know if I remember my father Mm -hmm. having these types of conversations, even though we know they were real. Yeah. I really feel like society taught us Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Media taught us these things. We came by way of these things through our neighbors because my father never said, Sam, you have to, you don't have to fear anybody or fear anything. Um, but I think there was safety in the neighborhoods that we were in yeah. where there was enough numbers of us to be like, we are navigating and managing where we're at. But the reality is here we are again, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, feeling the same way that many of our predecessors did. And it's crazy because now we have cameras, we have Facebook live, Instagram live, So we are forced to have these conversations now because they're everywhere. Back in the civil rights movement, we had to beg and plead for people to be eyewitnesses, to get on the stand, to testify. Now we see the proof in the pudding based off of what's in somebody's phone and what's on somebody's Facebook live. So now we are forced to have these conversations and we're forced to go to work the next day with people who don't see or believe or or understand or or empathize with what's going on. And I think that is a hard piece. Um, 
of what's going on in our city right now. So many of us black people are in environments with mostly white people and we either have to compress how we feel. We either are ignoring how we're feeling. We're either super vocal and making others uncomfortable of how we're feeling or we're just going along like nothing even happened. And, and that's not, <laughs> and that's not healthy. It's not. And so I, I think as, you know, married couples and, and I can only speak for us in this situation. Mm-hmm. I instantly went to praying have yesterday. To. Yeah. Not only for your protection, not only for our children's protection, but for you as a mental therapist, that God will give you wisdom on how to talk to the people who need to vent, who need, who are triggered all over again. Mm-hmm. This has been happening consecutively. Tra- Trayvon Martin, we celebrated what? 10 years, 10 years of his death. Like since then, it's been ongoing. I cannot name a year where we have not seen a protest. We have not seen a black man or woman shot down or killed at the hands of a police officer or someone in authority. And it's tiring. It's tiring. And so when it comes into your back door, your street where you where you frequent, where you where your kids could possibly go to school where you live whatever it's a different type of trauma it is and you know in that space of of messaging what's happening you're right you you have to use a lot of wisdom because in those spaces of of talking with so many different culturally oriented communities who sometimes get situated to a pro or anti thought process mm-hmm. from, for me, you know, if we're talking about who we are as a married couple, our foundation is in Christ. Right. Our foundation is based off of this thing called the, the kingdom of God, right. which might be foreign to others. Um, and, and, and out of this foundation, you know, we hear the word love, um, but also in love, there's also justice Period. <laughs> and, and in those spaces of love and justice, we see Christ, you know, not a political message at all in this, but we see Christ representing both. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that I, I want to get at with this, no matter what experience you come from, no matter what culture you represent as a human out of love and out of justice, we ought to care for one another. Mm-hmm. If you are white, you have an opportunity and an obligation as my brother and sister in Christ to reach out and say, bro, man, I I can't empathize. I can't understand this. Um, but I, I lo- because I love you, I want to reach out and say, are you okay? Is your wife okay? How do you feel about your kids? Mm-hmm. You all may or may not have seen this. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. There's an obligation there, mm-hmm. whether you know how or you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it to the black folk, too. We have the same obligation to reach out to our black brothers and sisters and be like, yo, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you OK? How are you? Did you see it? Did you not see it? What is your messaging to your children? Mm -hmm. If we're in the network, in a community, and I say I love you, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so here it is, a human 
opportunity to care and connect in the same way, whether it's a country way over in the Scandinavian somewhere and they're war torn because of what's going on to the same space that's in your backyard mm-hmm. and someone is impacted somehow. Cause you never know. Mm-hmm. Patrick could have been a cousin. Yep. The police officer could have been a cousin. Mm-hmm. And so whatever frame that is, we have a responsibility as in this case, a body of believers or Christians mm-hmm. who are so-called Christians to say and operate in a space of care, mm-hmm. whether the person is of the same race or not. Mm-hmm. And so I say that just to, to, to bring a general sense to this and our obligation as humans, but also to make us all sensitive to a space that, man, somebody may be hurting somewhere. And we have an opportunity to show that we care. Yeah. And and just to bring that around to husbands and wives, mm-hmm. check on your people. Man. Especially women, wives. If you're married to a, a black man or someone who this is hurting them. And, and even if you're married to someone that's not black, it's probably very heavy for them as well. Because you want to empathize, you want to, um, you want to understand, right? But men everywhere, especially black men, need to be checked on mentally to see if they're okay, to see how they're processing. Because they may not say nothing to you wives, but in the back of their mind, I'm sure they're like, that could have been me. That could have been me. And, and, and the initial emotion that most that men that are impacted by this are going to have is anger mm-hmm. and no one likes an angry black man. <laughs> no one likes an angry man in general. Right. You know, and, and at the end of the day, anger, sadness, grief, um, distraught, they all are emotions that have to be processed. And when not processed, then all of a sudden here we are where they can become detrimental to a person personally but then also society Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in so many different spaces. Yeah. And I think for me in situations and moments like this, I often find myself sitting like, what can I do? Am I the protester? Am I the, the person that goes to the community healing events? Am I the person that goes on Facebook and express my opinion? Am I the person who prays and intercedes? What, what is my role? How can I impact change? How can I um, create change? And I always come back down to my family. That's right. That's it. Because Patrick is gone. Yeah. The police officer is on leave. We don't know what's about to happen with him. But what I can control is the people that's in my house. That's it. What I can do is educate them. What I can do is love on them. What I can do is love on my friends, love on my family, make sure they're good. Make sure that those who work with youth and in education, that they're good, that they're okay. Because we only can make change where we are, right? I I don't know Patrick personally. I empathize with him, his family, our community. But this moment and these situations always make me think about my husband, my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister, you know. And so I just urge us as of a community, if you live in Michigan, if you don't just send prayers this way and and your thoughts and, you know, because it's heavy here. It is. 
it's heavy. You can feel the anger in the air, the dissension. Um, and, and, and all on a week, someone said this on Facebook, so I'm going to give credit, but all on a week that we call in at least the Christian world, Holy, Holy Week, hmm. a man who was ostracized, who healed, who loved, who corrected, who broke down religious barriers and, and ostracization was killed man. And in, in the street. In the street. Publicly. Publicly spat on. A crown of thorns is breaded for his head. On a week that's supposed to represent the sacrifice of one man, here we are in a space where we have to dwell on the, on the, the aspects of what happened to another man. Yeah. So I think we just wanted to come and, and just kind of shine light on where we are. I think today, Sam, I think we both should pray. Yeah. Um. Because there needs to be healing. Yeah. It's a song by Ricky Dillard that I've been playing all week called Let There Be Peace on Earth. Mm. And it says, and let it begin with me. Right. It goes back to what can I control? Mm -hmm. Am I to get angry? The Bible says be angry, but sin not. Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm mad that this man is dead. But I can't go out here and be angry with my white brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I can have conversations and enlighten. But I'm not out here trying to to make any more enemies, to make anyone more mad, to create any more type of fire or, or, or division. Yeah. My goal is to let change begin with me. That's it. And so we're both going to pray today. Um, or, for just healing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go first and you okay. can close it out. So Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your healing power, Lord. We thank you that you too lost a son, mm. that you sacrificed your only begotten son for the world, for people who didn't even love him, who didn't even uh, embrace him, who loved him one moment and hated him the next. You gave your only son to die. So, Father, I pray that you would be with Patrick's family, that you will be with that police officer's family. For both of those families are hurting and need healing, Father. Heal the city of Grand Rapids, God. Mend, God, the areas that are broken and full of dissension and hate and malice and strife, God. I pray, Lord, that justice will be done. But your word says vengeance is mine. It's not ours to take into our own hands. So, God, we give it back to you for you are the one that can get justice. So father, I pray for every person that's listening that has been affected by this incident, by the situation. I pray that you would bring peace to them, peace to their mind, peace to their spirits, peace to their homes, help them not to walk in fear, father God, but to walk in love and power and a sound mind. Father, I thank you for all of the advocates and people who are standing up, For what is right. 
I pray that you will put a hedge of protection around them. I pray, Father God, that you would allow these acts of protest and um, healing circles to to spark change in not just this situation, but in our everyday lives. That if we can have conversations with our white brothers and sisters and our uh, Asian brothers and sisters about race and and identity and culture and people not be offended but we come to get an understanding of why we feel this way why some of us may be angry why some of us are hurt and let us be able to have conversation even where there's opposition but to end and walk away in love father so I thank you lord I pray for every mental health professional right now I pray that you will keep their mind, keep their sanity, keep their peace, keep their families, Father God, the burdens that they carry for every other person, Father. I pray that they will lay it down at your feet. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray for every African individual, specifically those who have been impacted by this situation, God, I pray that those that see their culture and the representation of individuals that have their experience who don't see themselves as African-American, but as Africans who are from other countries, God, I just pray for them. I pray that they are in a space where, where their broken hearts can be mended through you, where their experiences can be amplified, where their fights for their needs and representation in their communities can be heard, Lord God, not because of an incident, but because they have needs too. God, I pray for every person of color who is looking for support, who is looking for love, who is looking to be heard through this moment, that they are heard, that they don't have to respond based on just an emotion but that they can respond and and ask for change and that change can be granted. God, I thank you for every one of my white brothers and sisters, God, who are sympathetic to this cause, but also Lord God, maybe they do have a space of empathy because of something that has happened now closer to home. God, I thank you that you'll continually cause their hearts and minds to be sensitive to what is happening in our neighborhoods that is impacting them as well. Yes. And so God, I just thank you that as we are in this space talking about race, ethnicity, caste systems and things that are in spaces that we don't know about and that we do know about, we thank you that we can place each and every one of those pieces underneath your throne, underneath your name, underneath your headship that we can as a human race, cast all of our cares on you, that we don't have to be anxious for anything, but that we can pray and that we can submit our our prayers and our requests to you. And in this space, turn from the things that we've been thinking and knowing and experiencing in our lives that we believe are true and just accept that you have a greater purpose in this all, even though it has caused frustration, sadness, and grief. God, we now rely upon you to cause healing to come upon our land because we need it again. And most often, more often than that, we need you. So, God, we just ask you to come into people's conversations. We ask you to come into 
people's marriages and that they are willing and welcome to have these conversations to make sure that it brings back all of their concerns, all their cares, all their issues, all their emotions and all their thoughts to you and that you will lead them and restore them day by day. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, everyone, if you need someone to talk to, reach out. If you're in Michigan, there is a website called The Mental. It's called the MHCOCGR.org. And there's so many different therapists you can also reach out to on Psychology Today. Yes, Psychology Today. And in, in any of those spaces, whether you need to talk to a therapist and or you just need to talk to your spouse. Period. Please have a conversation, even if it's one that you're not impacted by this, because it's so important that you do it. All right, y'all. Until next time, we love y'all. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.